the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. We're back with Dr. Joel Wallach. We're talking about you and your health. Details again on the web at 860health.com. That's 860health.com. All right, back to more of your calls. We're going to go next to... uh, Kenneth in San Jose. Kenneth, thanks for holding. You're on Lifeline with Dr. Joel Wallach. Welcome. Yes. How are you doing, doctor? Fine, sir. How can we help you? Doing great. I'm, I'm actually driving, but my phone is uh, uh, it's not going to keep me from uh, not paying attention to the road. But I wanted uh, a couple of questions. I have my wife here. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, good, uh, a good all-around supplement. Uh, I'm normally a healthy, pretty healthy guy. I eat healthy pretty much we just not get a chance to do a lot of exercise or really even walking because we we work so much we have a business and okay. so i want my wife to uh uh she uh she had contracted cancer the lord bless her she don't have it now but she's in a uh, maintenance program and she's having a lot of problems with her uh neuropathy neuropathy mm-hmm. is there anything that we can do um okay, no. or okay, any supplement that can help her with that Okay, stop. Now, the neuropathy, you're talking about burning and numbness and pain in her feet because of a, a low back problem? Uh, or is it in her hand? Uh, no. A feet. In her feet. Legs. Okay. And so, um, how much does she weigh? How much does your wife weigh? 190. Okay, and how tall is she? She's 5'7". Um, Okay. Yeah, five seven for a lady. I'd like to see her um, weigh maybe uh, one sixty, one fifty five, one sixty for a lady. So she's maybe uh, thirty pounds or so, thirty forty pounds overweight. And um, when you have neuropathies of the feet, you have degenerative disc disease um, in the back. And as the vertebrae get closer together, they smash the roots of the sciatic nerves in the lumbar area of the back, causing the pain to be found in burning and numbness in your toes and feet. And when she lays down, does this get better or worse? Uh, no, no, with over not worse. I rub it down. I know I'm gonna rub it, you know, feeding stuff down with uh, you know, some type of uh, oil. Okay, so okay, no, so when or, she lays down, this this neuropathy in her feet gets worse. Okay, that um, that's called restless yes. leg syndrome. Okay, and it's very common. And so, first of all, you you've asked me about six questions, so I'm gonna start answering them here. Um, question number one: Is there a basic formula you can take? prevent problems before you get problems. It's kind of like putting oil in your car before your engine burns up. Nobody waits. If you're a sane person, you don't wait until the engine burns up in your car to put oil in the car. You put oil in the car to prevent the engine from burning up. You do not put you do not put Texas dirt in your car. You don't put dirt from Texas in your car instead of oil to save money because you know there's bound to be some oil in there because that's dirt from Texas. You put oil in your car. Well, the same thing is true. You have to eat right Stay away from all the bad foods, the fried foods, processed meats, oils, and glutens. Wheat, bread, or oats. Stay away from sugar. you got to stay away from um, things like carbonated drink. All that stuff's got to go. Fried foods and so on. That's all got to go. 
And then we have a basic program. It's called the Healthy Start Pack. It actually has 248 nutrients in it, 90 of which we know uh, for a fact that they are essential nutrients. There's over 900 different diseases that you can prevent and reverse using these uh, 90 essential nutrients. And so we recommend that people take the Healthy Start Pack, one per 100 pounds of body weight, even if they don't have a health fund, they just want to just guarantee they're getting all 90 cents of nutrients because you know it's problematic to find them in your food. So you're going to give yourself some insurance. You take one healthy start pack per 100 pounds of body weight per month, and that's going to give you all the known essential nutrients. Now, when you have something like a history of some cancer, you want some antioxidants to actually support your immune system, okay? And so in addition to the healthy start packs um, for your wife, I would go ahead and have her take two healthy start packs, okay, full dose everything twice a day. I'd also have her get uh, three bottles of our ultimate selenium, so she could take three at breakfast, three at lunch, three at dinner time, or take three of those bottles a month to pull that off. And they're particularly useful. Um, enormous amount of research, post-cancer, pre-cancer, stop cancer, support your immune system when you have cancer, and so selenium is a very, very important supplement here to add to the healthy start packs, okay? And I have her take nine of those a day because she weighs 190. Now, to help her lose weight, we actually have a little bit of a supplement called Rev, R-E-V. It's a liquid dropper bottle. She could put a dropper full, not a drop, but a dropper full under her tongue, 30 minutes for each meal. That one bottle is going to last her a month because there's enough for three droppers full a day, one uh, 30 minutes for breakfast, one 30 minutes for lunch, one 30 minutes for dinner time. And after seven to ten days, she'll begin to lose a half a pound to two pounds a day. There might even be days where she'll lose three, four, five pounds in a day. This will all be very healthy because she's taking the 90 essential nutrients. And um, as long as she stays on her 90 essential nutrients, she'll never gain the weight back. Because being overweight is due to a deficiency of certain nutrients that are found in a certain class of nutrients. And these are, are no longer found in your food in optimal amounts in some cases. They're just not there at all. And so it's very common for people to have diabetes and cancer, heart disease, as well as being overweight. They all kind of go together, not because of genetics, but because the food we're consuming no longer has all these nutrients to prevent and reverse these problems. All right. That uh, they cover your questions there? Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks yeah. so much for your call. Let's see here. We got Dave time here before the break. Slip one more caller in. Let's go next to uh, David in San Leandro. David, call. let me mention, by the way, the website again. If you want to get more information about any of Dr. Wallach's books, videos, or other supplements, you can get details at 860health.com, 860health.com. Okay, David in San Leandro, you're up next. Come on in with your comment or question for Dr. Joel Wallach. Good evening. Thank you, Dr. Wallach. Uh, my question is a little easier. I just want to know if the eggs that you're saying we should be eating per, you know, however many per day, do they have to be like pasture-raised eggs or cage-free eggs or just your regular no. over-the-counter, you know, eggs? Yeah, see, I, see, I, don't, I don't mind the, the, the chicken being um, kept in a cage and laying eggs because the chicken in the cage is going to get all 90 essential nutrients in that alfalfa pellet. The one that is range fed where they're just out running around out in the pasture, you don't know how many minerals there are in that pasture. And so it's going to be highly variable. When you get range-fed chickens laying eggs, you might have 12 minerals in the eggs in one from one chicken, and then if the eggs come from another state, you might get 22 minerals and so forth. And so uh, you're not likely to get all 60 you need. 
where the ones that are raised in a cage, even though they're a little bit crazy, okay, because of behavioral problems, they're locked up in a cage, they're getting all the 90 cents of nutrients, so, and they would say pass on into that egg. And so those are the ones I like. I like the ones that come from caged chickens. All right, there's your answer. David, we appreciate so much your call. Uh, Dr. Wallach, I, I don't want to uh, be presumptive here, but can we, can we uh, presume for a moment we can take a little bit more of your time? Oh, please. Okay, uh, great. Time out. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, we're back to the conversation with Dr. Joel Wallach. Information, by the way, on the web at 860health.com. That's 860health.com. Let's head up next to one of my favorite parts of the Bay Area, Napa. We've got Eleanor on the line. Eleanor, thanks for your call. Come on in with your question for Dr. Joel Wallach. Yes, uh, I I don't fry anything in any oil. I just use uh, good, uh, how you say, uh, uh arrowhead water to cook my my vegetables in and steam them in but i want to ask just three quick questions one i do take a hundred percent organic uh extra virgin olive oil cold pressed and like i say i just use it straight from the bottle uh is that a good olive oil well there are no good olive oils because even olive oil oxidizes and turns into trans fats heterocycamines and acrylamides the um, Mediterranean diet was actually a, um, a fraudulent, non-research bit of information that was perpetuated to sell a product um, and started out in two, uh, excuse me, uh, 1901 as a smokeless, um, synthetic uh, lubricant for diesel engines for German submarines. And after the, after the First World War, they converted it into soap. They couldn't sell the soap because everybody was making their own soap. So make a long story short, by the 1940s, they, convert, they sold the, the, this um, synthetic smokeless uh, lubricant for diesel engines for German submarines to Procter & Gamble here in the States, and they couldn't sell the soap either. So they converted it into a cooking chardonnay called Crisco. And they couldn't sell it because Grandma loved her lard, butter, cream, and eggs. That was 30 generations of grandmas before her. And so, just to make a long story short, Ms. Ansel Keys, who's the head of the Department of Medicine at uh, the uh, medical school uh, in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, he was on the board of Procter & Gamble. He was on, also on the board of the American Heart Association. He brokered the deal by which Procter & Gamble gave the American Heart Association in 1952 $1.7 million, which is kind of chump change today for big institutions, but back then it was a lot of money, to endorse Crisco as a healthier way to eat. No research, no experiments, no studies in animals or people. Then um, he went to an advertising firm and said, how do we really sell this stuff? And they said, well, you got to demonize what Grandma was doing. And so they began to demonize cholesterol and saturated fat and get them to eat what they called, and again, this is fraudulent, the Mediterranean diet and olive oil. Okay, it turns out that that's the worst possible thing you can do is to cook an olive oil, to even use um, extra, extra, extra virgin, virgin, virgin olive oils as a salad dressing um, or so forth, or you're eating canned fish that are packed in oil, olive oil. These sorts of things will uh, result in plaque in your arteries because it's inflammation of the arteries uh, resulting from plaque from oxidized oils, particularly olive oil and coconut oil. And... Um, uh, it's just the opposite of what doctors have told people. When they came out with 
at all? No, no, no cooking. You don't use it as a salad dressing. Absolutely not. Not at all. To oil, do you, do you recommend None. any oil at all? No, 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 no oil. No. Recommend. Okay, I like butter from whole milk. Okay. Yeah, you, know, you want whole milk butter. And I like salted butter because the more salt the more salt you use, the lower your blood pressure goes, which is the opposite of what doctors say. The higher sodium you take in, the higher sodium you take in, the lower your blood pressure goes. And so you want to be sure to use salted butter. Organic butter. That's correct. Uh huh. And I get I get cage free vegetarian fed diet eggs. Uh, that should be good, shouldn't it? Well, I don't know. It depends on what the chickens are being supplemented with. Okay. It's a hundred percent vegetarian diet. And no, but what are they being supplemented with? Because a 100% vegetarian diet is not going to have all the nutrients in it. So they have to give them some supplements, okay? And that's what I would do. I'd say, hey, if you're selling these eggs, I want to see what the chickens are being fed. I want to know what's the, what they're being supplemented with so I know it's coming through in the eggs. So because And you, you should be supplementing with a basic healthy start pack, which has all 90 essential nutrients in it, 16 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 minutes, 3 fatty acids. And then you can be a vegetarian. You can be a successful vegetarian as long as you stay away from gluten, wheat, butter, and oats. You stay away from oils. So the only fat you would suggest is, is a whole whole butter fat. That's correct. Or, or, or from whole milk. Okay, or butter. I actually have a CD. Personally? No, this is it. Okay. This is now. it. Oh, so 860health.com has all you, the rest of your information? That's correct. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you so much for the call, Omar. I'll mention, by the way, either to the website at 860health.com or you can call, if you prefer, 650-733-9355. Okay, I think we've got time to at least squeeze one more call in here. Let's grab, uh, where are we going, Jerome? Walnut Creek, is that right? Uh, No, we're going to San Carlos, a little closer to my home. Debbie, thanks so much for holding. Come on in with your question for Dr. Joel Wallach. Hi, Dr. Wallach. Hi. My name is Debbie, and I have a couple of questions for you. I have my niece, Devin, here with me, and she is um, 27 years old and currently um, suffering from vertigo. Um, okay. About Stop. Um, Stop. Uh, what does she weigh? Uh, what's your weight? 165. Okay. Now, vertigo is, is, can be called Meniere's disease. It can be called Wallach's vertigo. They named it after me when I figured out what causes it. It's actually caused by osteoporosis of the skull. And usually people with osteoporosis of the skull, they can get receding gums. They can get loose teeth. They can get t- uh, tinnitus or ringing in the ears. Uh, they get uh, vertigo uh, or feel like uh, motion sickness and sometimes they'll be a little nausea with it. That's because... The vestibular branch of the eighth cranial nerve is being squeezed as it's formed and the brain comes out through the skull. When you have osteoporosis of the skull, to to sort of try and make up for the difference of not having enough minerals in your bone, all of your bones, including your skull bones and your jaw bones, will make more connective tissue, more bone matrices, actually kind of like the rebar of the bone. And the tunnels that these nerves are coming through, including the eighth cranial nerve, are filling up with this bone matrix is rebar and is squeezing those nerves and that's why you have vertigo and you might even have tinnitus or ringing in the ears. So your body weight, I would go ahead and take what we call two, uh, what we would call the uh, healthy bony joint packs. Two healthy bony joint packs. And I would go ahead and take a full dose of everything twice a day. 
They stay away from all the bad foods, the fried foods, processed meats, oils, and glutens, wheat, brown, rye, and oats, no carbonated drinks. Stay away from sugar. And um, two healthy bone and joint packs per month, a full dose during your breakfast and dinner. And they're going to give your niece the nutrients necessary for her to support and promote maintenance repair of her skull and her jaw. And um, in, in the healthy bone and joint pack, there's a jar, a wide mouth jar of what we call CM cream. It's an anti-inflammatory cream. She can put a quarter of a teaspoon in her ears in her morning when she wakes up with a Q-tip like she's trying to get wax out of her ears, and that'll help relieve the inflammation around the roots of those nerves. And oftentimes you get a, a significant reduction in the vertigo and ringing in the ears just by putting that CM cream in there. But it's going to take um, anywhere from six to eight weeks to support maintenance repair of that skull and the rest of the bones in her body because osteoporosis can go away. It's not a um, genetic thing. It's not a thing of aging because your niece is young, but it is osteoporosis of the skull, easily reversed. Okay? All right. That covered the question for you there, Debbie? I, I did. I have one other question if I might ask. Sure, please. Uh, my mom is 79 years old, and she is suffering from uh, continuous E. coli infection, as well as um, having to urinate, and she has to catheter herself because her bladder doesn't work properly. She's also a diabetic, and she does do insulin, and I, I can't get her off the Western medicine. Okay, how much does she weigh? She weighs about 150 pounds. She's very small, about five foot okay. one and a half. So she's five foot one, and she weighs 150 pounds. Okay, now, does she have any, wait a minute, wait a minute, does she have any other issues? Does she have any skin problems, any eczema, dermatitis, psoriasis, or rosacea? No. She has okay, does she have any, okay, does she have any other things like um, high blood pressure, asthma, bronchitis, anything like that? No. Okay. All right. Well, I would go ahead and give her, um, let's see, two, because she has diabetes, she said, I would give her two of the healthy brain and heart packs per month, and then I would get the Sweeties and throw in the Sweeties, get two bottles of Sweeties, so she could take three of those twice a day. If she's on medication for her diabetes, what she can do is actually uh, take her fasting blood sugar in, in the morning before she medicates herself, and as the medication, or excuse me, as her blood sugar drops, and it will, she reduced the medication as her doctor taught her to do. Now, the E. coli thing in the bladder thing, I want to get to that. Um, do you know if she's shrunken since she was in her 20s? Has she shrunk? Oh, yeah. She used, yeah, she used to be 5'2 and a half, and now she's probably about 5'1. She's very small. So she's, she's lost an inch and a half in height, okay? So this chronic urinary thing and sort of this bladder thing where she might get urgency, she might have... Um, uh, something where she's just constantly dribbling urine, or, and the doctor will say she's got a UTI, urinary tract infection, she's got burning on urination. No, it's the back problem. Because when you, you lose an inch and a half in height, what happens is the, as the vertebrae get closer together because the disc, she got, she got degenerative disc disease, and um, the degenerative disc disease um, allows the vertebrae to get closer together roots, they smash the roots of these uh, sciatic nerves in her low back, and that's what's causing the bladder problem. It's not a bladder problem. It's not E. coli, okay? It's, a, it's, it's the yeah, nerves being squeezed to control the bladder. 
She also needs to get two uh, bottles of glucogel, so she takes 15 of those a day and promote maintenance repair of cartilage, ligaments, tendons, connective tissue, discs between the vertebrae, bone matrix, and bone itself. Okay? All right, Debbie, thanks so much for your call. We appreciate hearing from you tonight. Dr. Wallach, you've been so gracious in in staying over more than an extra half hour here. We certainly appreciate your time and uh, hope we get a chance to spend some time with you again soon. Oh, we'd be honored, sir. Thank you so much, Craig. I just really appreciate uh, uh, being with you. You're just great. Your listeners are great. God bless you, and I know he loves you. All right, God bless you. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Wallach. I'll mention again for listeners, get more information available about Dr. Wallach's books, videos, and health supplements by going to 860health.com, 860health.com, or you can call 650-733-9355, 650-733-9355 or again at 860health.com. There's lots of books. There are video presentations up there, lots of more information, uh, detailed information rather, in relationship to uh, hopefully the issue or health matter that you are um, faced with. All right. Our thanks to Dr. Joel Wallach for being with us on this segment of Lifeline. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. We're going to turn corner and deal with another topic, uh, one that quite frankly a lot of us rebel against. We, we struggle with. We've heard passages of scripture regarding now the wives should submit themselves to their husbands. And of course, we, we sometimes uh, uh, sort of recoil at that idea and, and then fail to recognize the second portion of that scripture says that husbands should, should love their wives as Christ loved the church. And we know how Christ loved the church. He gave his very life for it. But this whole issue of learning how to submit and what submission means is something that a lot of us, quite frankly, struggle with. Uh, certainly in our fallen condition, the sense of wanting to rebel, not submit, seems to come more naturally. But at the end of the day, when we talk about being able to deepen our relationship with God, is it really about rebelling or is it about submitting? Joining me now, best-selling author, radio talk show host, his program, Road to Reality. He has authored over 200 books, some of which bestsellers selling more than 2 million copies. And he, of course, is the founder and international director of Gospel for Asia, Dr. K.P. Yohannan. And K.P., great to have you back on the show. Yeah, thank you. Good to be with you. Boy, this whole idea of submission, we kind of get uncomfortable with that idea, don't we? The, the idea of being able to kind of lay down to yield our our will to God, that's something that most of us just don't really cuddle up to. Yeah, you know, uh, when you think about it, anytime you, you hear the word submission or uh, surrender, naturally uh, our hearts um, go cold and uh, we don't we don't like to hear that and one of the reasons is you know the the, the abuse of leaders and authority and uh, you know husbands um, and I think um, we naturally resist that but the the truth of the matter is this that someone who is truly following the Lord um, they, they they want to please the Lord, and that also involves in um, embracing humility and submitting to authority, even when there are difficulties we have to deal with. You know, think about David, 
who absolutely uh, knew God and God anointed him and here he was in a difficult situation under King Saul and David had every chance in the world and of course you know he would be justified to kill Saul and um, uh, inherit what was already given to him by God but he would not do that he said I cannot do it and I cannot raise my hand against God's anointed even when Saul was you know uh, a man who walked away from God and I think there, there need to be a deeper understanding of godliness uh, by our absolute surrender to God and his ways and uh, our problem in America or in the church honestly I do not think it is uh, huge abuse of authority rather it is um, uh, people that uh, we, we do not want to uh, die to self and uh, be willing to uh, walk under the authority of God. It's interesting that you would single out David. Many of us would sort of regard him instantly as being this tremendous man of God. He's known as a man that has heart after God, a tremendous leader, and yet not really recognizing that perhaps one of his greatest attributes, one of his greatest strengths, was his ability to submit to God's authority. And, you know, trusting in God's sovereignty. You know, the scripture says in First John, someone says that, you know, I love God so much, the God that you cannot see, but then do not love those that he can see. The scripture says he is a liar or she is a liar. The truth is not in that person. So uh, when we live on earth, uh, acknowledging God's sovereignty, you know, and, and trusting him, um, and, and submit to him as long as the authority don't ask us to violate God's law and disobey God. And, uh, you know, uh, there are times, um, you know, I talk about that in the book, uh, when the authority asks us to violate God's word, we, we cannot uh, say, okay, I do whatever you tell me to do. Uh, but I, I really believe uh, when you have 65 percent divorce rate um, in our evangelical uh, homes or 82 percent of the young people who grew up in Bible believing churches leave the church when they leave home and um, the broken families uh, there has to be some explanation to this and I think we are uh, 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 self-willed arrogant proud stubborn people uh, that we will we, we will not give up and we will fight and um, uh, someone who want to know God and be godly I think Jesus lived in absolute submission to his father which also reflected in his submission to his parents who were not you know you know angels they were fallen people how he lived uh, obeying his father which was reflected in his life on earth and I think the Lord calls us to uh, follow him um, and I think Romans 13 very clearly talks about that you know I'm uh, you know uh, not the one who promote that we go around and fight with everybody around us but really the question is this do we truly know the living God in our life and is that godliness in us that should be the reason um, why we surrender and obey 
and and live through this. And the scripture is full of illustrations to this. Uh, let's go deeper. The point that you make, uh, KP, regarding arrogance and pride, and how that feeds into our culture, our society today, is, is part of the challenge here in terms of understanding what it means to wholly submit to God. The notion that quite often we equate submission with weakness, and we think, well, why well, I can't possibly submit because I don't want to be seen as being weak or vulnerable? No, you see, the thing is, when you study the scripture, um, you know, um, submission is not weakness. As a matter of fact, the, the, the text itself, when you read about it, talks about strength under control. Um, it is um, my choosing to say, you know, I, I, I yield my rights and I do not want to fight. And, you know, Joseph had every right, every uh, reason to accuse, to fight and malign and uh, do all kind of things against, uh, you know, the, his master and his wife and so on. But you never find him complaining, murmuring, uh, fighting. And um, the, the reality uh, is this, that in the body of Christ, uh, in the local church or in the home, because we never learned what it means to die to self and denying ourselves, uh, we want God, you know, it is like in America, you say, you want the cake and eat it too. Um, it, it just don't work like that. And I think the message of the cross and dying to self and being broken and humble and being uh, not wolves, but lambs following the Lord Jesus Christ um, is seen uh, in, in the way we conduct ourselves in the society, in home, um, and things like that. And think about it. Uh, our very culture in the United States, as you know, I mean, we were born out of rebellion in some ways. And from the uh, childhood, we are taught, you know, fight for yourself, um, defend yourself and and uh, you have your rights and stand up for your rights I'm not saying we should you know um, you know agree with all the dumb things going on and just lay down and somebody you know wipe you out no I, I'm I'm talking about people that read God's word and, and trusting his sovereignty and willing to obey those um, that God placed over us, and that's what you know. Paul writing to the slaves, their masters many times abusing them, and he says, "You must obey your masters as unto the Lord." While Paul says, "Masters, you know, treat these people as your brothers." And Paul never promoted rebellion and fight, and uh, that is exactly what Lucifer did. Uh, he did not want to submit. Uh, under authority and uh, angel became Satan and in all of us there is that seed of Lucifer by nature we are stubborn and rebellious people and so uh, we don't we don't want to experience suffering in the flesh which is the means we learn obedience and understand the ways of God that's what the Bible says Jesus learned obedience through suffering and which translate into um, walking away from 
uh, our rights many times and, and, and follow instruction. And fascinating that we seem to take almost a, one extreme or another position. In other words, KP, we're either independent and strong or we're submissive and we're weak. And yet look at the image that we see of Christ presented as both the Lion of Judah, a tremendous symbol of strength and overcoming the very gates of hell, and yet also depicted in the weakness of the Lamb that ultimately was slain on our behalf. And so we see it not as one extreme or another, but in this case, really uh, both. A look at Touching Godliness, a new book written by K.P. Yohannan, available, by the way, through Gospel for Asia. You can contact them online at gfa.org. That's gfa.org. He's authored over 200 books and the radio program syndicated on over 900 stations weekly. Dr. K.P. Yohannan founder and international director of Gospel for Asia. And K.P., is always a delight to have you with us on the program. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. You know, when you think of a lot of the challenges that our nation has been facing for the last couple of three years, uh, you know, unemployment situations, uh, loss of homes because of a foreclosure, uh, you know, it's easy to get discouraged, certainly to kind of live in that that place, that sort of permanent disappointment. And yet out of all of that, particularly for Christians, how do we we be uh, sort of adequately rise up and, and, and above all of that so we can go on with life? And, and enjoy victory in our relationship with Christ. Well, that topic uh, centers around the title of a new book written by my next guest. Uh, you'll recognize her as having been the uh, Emmy Award-winning co-host of Aspiring Women on uh, KTLN here in the San Francisco Bay Area. She's written a number of best-selling books, in fact, over 30 to her credit, including her latest, How to Get Past Disappointment, Finding Hope. And Michelle McKinney-Hammond, Michelle, great to have you on the show. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Boy, this is uh, this is a timely topic. So many people are just dealing with that kind of overall biting sense of disappointment of what's going on. They've, you know, life can be tough enough, and then when you add to it the economy and so on and so forth, yes. I think a lot of people kind of get stuck in that place and they don't know how to get out. Yes, yes, because they begin to see cycles in their lives, and it leads to the, to the deception that this is all life has to offer, and, well, I should just settle in and, and not expect more than where I am, and then we begin to, to make choices that sink us even lower in, into that place, you know? And then I wonder, as that process is kind of taking place, um, if there needs to be a change in our thinking. You know, I think there are some Christians who who move into that position of defeat and disappointment, and they kind of, you know, kind of conclude that it's here, it's here to stay, so I have to learn to live with disappointment as opposed to learning from disappointment and then moving on back into victory. Right. Because every disappointment, you know, a friend of mine um, all describes disappointment as a dist appointment uh, in the sense that we make appointments in life for ourselves, decisions of, of what should be or how things should go. And when the other people don't meet us there, the other parties involved don't meet us there, we feel dist, we feel um, cast off. Um, and it just really invites a spirit of rejection that lowers our self-esteem and, and literally paralyzes us um, so that we do get stuck, as you said. 
And a lot of it, I think, then comes down to misguided expectations. I mean, let's think for a moment about people. How often do we live in that position of disappointment because our son, our daughter, our husband, our wife, uh, our parents uh, did something or behaved in a fashion that disappointed us, and now all of a sudden we're, we're kind of stuck in that defeat position? Yeah, yeah, it's true. And, and, and you know, it, life is, is a greater thing than that. And so we really cannot base uh, how, the conclusions that we make on life based on what people did or didn't do. It has to be come from a, a deeper place. That's why I use the, uh, the woman at the well um, as an example um, in this book, How to Get Past Disappointment, because she had been through a cycle of disappointments that led her to the conclusion that that was all life had to offer for her. And, and the danger in that is that when we get so jaded by our disappointments, we can't recognize the blessing when it does present itself. And, you know, what's amazing about that story is that um, even as as Jesus meets with her, Mm -hmm. he knows exactly what's going on. You know, we, we, I think, sometimes think that we can kind of hide that. We try to mask those feelings mm-hmm. instead of coming to the terms with them or instead of dealing with the root cause of what is behind the disappointment and sometimes the role that we play because maybe we've gotten our eyes focused more on the person or the situation instead of keeping our eyes focused on Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe as we're, you know, kind of trying to keep up fronts, you know, keep up appearances, and yet Jesus fully knows what's going on, doesn't he? He does, you know, and, and, and what I think is important for, for listeners to know is that despite your bad choices, um, your seeming failures, or even uh, the contributions you think you've made to your life being the way you are, Jesus makes an appointment with all of us. I mean, Jesus went to that well to meet that woman on purpose. It was a purposeful decision to be there that day when she got there. Um, and I think that he... Um, is just as purposeful with meeting us in those places of disappointment. He has an appointment to meet us there, um, to show us another way, to show us another wellspring, another area of fulfillment um, that will bring about uh, what we've been thirsting for. I don't think that she even realized how deep her disappointment was until he started pushing her buttons and uh, getting her to see that there was an option. You know, so many people that I talk to who are disappointed feel they don't have any other option. Mm. Um, I was just talking to um, a friend of mine the other day on the phone in uh, another failed relationship, and she said, well, here I am alone again, um, and I don't think I'll ever have anyone. I said, well, maybe you don't have anyone today. But don't feel that because that person rejected you that you have no options. You have options. And as a matter of fact, uh, we exercise those options every day. I mean, I always tell single people, you're alone because you want to be alone. Because there are people that you de- decided that you did not want to have in your life. Mm. You know? So don't, don't say that, you know, oh, you, you, you are the helpless person in this. No, you've had options that you chose not to exercise. So you are single by choice. How to Get Past Disappointment, Finding Hope, the title of her new book, newly published again by Harvest House and available through Amazon.com, as well as through Bay Area Christian bookstores and bookstores overall. Uh, Michelle, as we talk about sort of realigning our, our expectations, talk to me about the process of moving from 
from fear to hope in in the backdrop of dealing with circumstances, sometimes of our own creation, sometimes beyond our control. But nevertheless, how do we go about making that transition from fear to hope? Well, it really is taking taking our eyes off of what we consider the source to seeing the root of the issue because the disappointments in our lives are really the fruit that emanate from a root. And I, I think that a lot of times we live on the surface and, and we only deal with what we see versus what we don't see. Uh, when we look at the conversation that took place between Jesus and the woman at the well, we find out that the issue was deeper than her desire to be loved by these men. It really was a great need for God. Almost a crying out in a sense. Yes, yes. Uh, You know, she was trying to fill a void uh, to the best of her ability with something that was natural, not knowing that what she needed was supernatural. Um, And and it's very interesting because there's a very subtle uh, conversation that happens uh, when she tells Jesus, you know, this water that you're talking about, I want it because I'm tired of being thirsty and I don't want to have to come back here again. And I think that a lot of us are that way. We're tired of longing, and we don't want to keep revisiting the same issue over and over again in our lives. And he says, I'll give it to you, um, you know, go and get your husband. And now we get down to to the nitty-gritty of confessing where we really are. She says, I don't have a husband. Well, I mean, she probably had been saying she had a husband. She was living with a man, according to the scripture. And he says, you've told the truth. And he congratulates her on it. He says, you've done well to tell the truth. So um, we know that the word says that the truth is what makes us free. It gives us the tools we need to to get beyond where we are. And uh, so he congratulates her, very gracious with her, and says it's true that you don't have a husband. You've had five, and the one you're with now is not yours. So what he was bringing up was, Here's this cycle that you've had in your life, and and you, you've had five, five, six men, and you're still thirsty. You know what have we continued to do, and still felt the same longing, the same disappointment, even though we thought we were applying solutions to our to our longings and desires. And I think that the light went on in her head because. Even though she perceived him to be a prophet, the question that she asked him was not about the men. It wasn't about, will those relationships work out? It was, how could she get to God? Because obviously the men had never been enough. And I say that what God is saying to all of us in the middle of our disappointments is, look to me so that I can show you the source of fulfillment. Look to me so I can give you the wisdom to find a better way to exercise different options in your life that bring about the victory that you desire. And you know, you put it so well, because so often this ends ends up being a product of having put our trust, our faith, our hope and desire on something other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, most definitely. And, And he must be. You know, he says, I am the rewarder of those who diligently seek me. And then he says something even more spectacular. He says, at my right hand are pleasures evermore. I am your exceeding and great reward. And the reward is the pleasure of being in my company. Because when I come into your life, I bring everything that you've been looking for. And all of those solutions are found in me. He, he's the one who gives us the wisdom uh, to, to gain the things that he knows we want. He's not opposed to us having what we want. 
But he wants to add what we need to the ball game too. Yeah. And sometimes we don't recognize that. I don't think that uh, that woman didn't even know why. We don't know, you know, the the inside scoop on all those relationships. He said she had had five husbands. So if he said five husbands and then differentiated that the one she was with was not hers, that means she had five legitimate husbands. What happened to them? Did they divorce her? Did they abuse her? Did they leave her? Did they die? We do not know. But out of it came a vow, obviously, that she was not going to put herself in the position to be disappointed again, and she made a bad choice. She made a choice that she thought would put her in the position of power by simply living with someone so that she could not be abandoned again. And we do that. We, we prop ourselves up and we begin to make compromises that we think are guarding our hearts, but it really puts us in the position for greater pain. We appreciate so much, uh, Michelle, the insights. I know a lot of this comes from your own life experience, and, and I'll let readers get a copy of the book to uh, to get more details on that. Meanwhile, again, um, How to Get Past Disappointment, Finding Hope, published by Harvest House and available through Amazon.com and certainly at uh, Bay Area bookstores. Also information on the web at MichelleHammond.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, MichelleHammond.com. Michelle, thanks again so much for your time. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to kfax.com. That's kfax.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time round, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com. <laughs>